Today is also, you probably notice that we have the, the colors changed. For Sunday, it's Transfiguration Sunday. It's when Jesus uh, goes up on the mountaintop and he's just transformed and has that brilliance. Uh, his clothes turn a brilliant white and his face changes and, and the people with them, uh, they, they change as well. And I think we all have those uh, mountaintop experiences from time to time in life. And, and much like the, the disciples there, we just, can we just stay here? <laughs> can we just stay here on top of this mountain? But we're always called to go back down and live among the people here. So, And I love uh, Henry Nowens. Uh, he has some really interesting comments on this passage that I just returned to um, again again. And so I called this particular meditation just moving along the table, moving along the table. And I'm going to read um, Luke's version. I think it's in three out of the four Gospels here. So this is reading from Luke chapter 9 here. And this is the story of the, the transfiguration here. So now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him <clears throat> Peter and John and James, and they went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, his, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. And suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory. They're in this glory as well. And they were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. So they're talking about his forthcoming death, which is interesting that in the middle of all this glory and all this beauty, they're also talking about his death. So they're talking about his departure, which was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep. But since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what he had said. And isn't this what we want to do? Just make a permanent home when something's going good and we have all that glory and let's just stay here forever. And while he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered into the cloud. And then from the cloud came a voice that said, this is my son, this is my son, my chosen, listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent, and in those days told no one any one of the things that they had seen. And this is the, the word of God for each and every one of us here today. Amen. And as we read these uh, stories, these sacred stories, it's always good, uh, depending on where we are. Some of us might want to read that story literally, which is fine. But also it just opens everything up if we move into metaphor and symbol. And then it's just endless, the number of thoughts and ideas and the layers and layers of meanings in, in these stories. <clears throat> and as we uh, are here today, and think about all the movements and all the changes that we have gone through in life. How do we respond or react to the passages that we're all going to face in life, in the movements, in the changes, and are there certain practices you have to help you with these transitions as well? So let's just take a few moments to think about how do we respond, how do we react to the changes and passages in life? And let us pray here. It's good to grow and become more and more mature as we, um, <clears throat> yeah, as we live life. 
in one of the verses, kind of diversion here, uh, I think it's done a lot of damage. It says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And we have this notion that we won't make any errors, any mistakes. And my New Testament professor, and he had like three or four PhDs, <clears throat> he said the better translation was be more mature. <clears throat> and yeah, boy, the New Testament professor said the better translation is be holy as I am holy. Yeah, be holy as I am holy, be more mature. Well, we can be more mature. <laughs> so <laughs> I, that, I find a lot of peace in that. And I think that's one of the benefits as we grow into adulthood and, and, and age that we can be more mature you know, throughout our lives. And, uh, and it's also, I find it very comforting just getting to be present with a lot of people as they're transitioning from this life to the next. So often I see that's the greatest moment of maturity. Just so much love and so much beauty and forgiveness and, and empathy. And it's just a special, it's difficult, but also a real privilege to be present with them and learn from them during those moments. Well, growing up, thinking about passages and movements here, uh, growing up, um, Many uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas meals that when we got together as a family, they were the apex of the holiday season for us. And my Aunt Kathy would clear out her, her living room to make space for a dining room table because the kitchen and the kitchen table were just one and we couldn't all fit in there. So she'd clean out the, the living room and put a dining room table in there. And for additional seating, she would put up <coughs> card, card tables and they always seemed to be covered in, in watercolored paint. And she'd put these tables in the cor corner of the living room so we could all sit together in one room. And my grandmother, who I loved so much, <clears throat> she was a public school librarian and an avid reader. And, and Grandpa Pruitt, who was a cultivator of garden flowers, and he loved fine perfume as well. And my Uncle Lauren and my Aunt Thelma, and my Aunt Thelma, they always arrived late, and she's the one that always made the pies. And she made this homemade pie crust, and she'd make a big fuss. And she always had lots of criticism for anyone who, who brought in a dessert that was not homemade. And she would just go on and on. It was just every, every year. <laughs> Thelma was talking about her homemade pie crust. <clears throat> and my great uncle Bob, he was a World War II vet who, who saw heavy action in the Pacific Ocean there. And he never really fully recovered from that. And today we would say he had PTSD. And his wife, Aunt Lois, they all these people, they sat at the head of the table. And their adult children, and my aunts and uncles and my parents, would sit in the remaining seats on this dining room table. And all the cousins, the rest of us, we sat in folding chairs and recliners and even bouncy balls around the card tables, any chair that we could find. And Uncle John, who was the great speaker in, in our family, he always said the blessing. I think I still have a fear of praying because his prayers were just so long and beautiful and elegant. And my grandma, Prut, my mother's mom, she was the matriarch. <clears throat> and she just glowed like the evening sun while praising everyone's presence and trying to maintain peace within the family at the same time. And thinking about her actions as well, while she was maintaining peace, she would also egg people on simultaneously. <laughs> And I was thinking about my mom, I go, oh, that's where mom got that. She was a, a peacekeeper and maker, and at the same time, she would stir the pot. <clears throat> and the kids, all of us, we had <clears throat> so much fun eating at those card tables because there were less rules, and we didn't have to worry about which fork to use. We could just use whatever we wanted to. 
And we ate cherry jello sliced with sliced carrots on top. <laughs> and we laughed and laughed at everything. It was just a wonderful time. It was a mountaintop experience for sure. <clears throat> and if a great aunt or uncle passed away during the year, at the very next holiday dinner, the oldest cousin, We'd all sit around these card tables. The oldest cousin would get plucked. That's kind of the word I want to use. We'd get plucked from the card table. And then we'd get moved to the big formal table. And it was only a few feet, but it seemed like such a big move. It was actually pretty traumatic. I can remember thinking, I'm next. <laughs> I'm going to have to move to this big table here. And now today, as I approach my, my 60th birthday, I sit near the head of the table where my grandparents and great aunts and uncles and my parents all sat at one time or another. And the elders, most of the elders of my youth have passed on. And I look very longingly at my cousin's grandchildren eating at the card tables covered in watercolored paint and permanent markers. <clears throat> and Henry Nowen, <clears throat> he writes, one of the most radical demands for you and me is the discovery of our lives as a series of movements or passages. We're constantly moving. Nothing stays the same. We're going from one part of life to the next part. And nothing stays the same. And as Nowen says, we are constantly moving from one phase of life to the next. <clears throat> we leave our, our mother's womb. And we enter into a brighter and sometimes a darker world. We leave the security or the insecurity of home. And we find our own dining room table to enjoy the shared meals on. And we go to work, and we change jobs, we raise children, and we build new traditions while remembering the old ones. And there's always that tension <laughs> as we develop new traditions, new habits, and, and let go of some of the old ones. And it seems as though we are always passing from one phase to the next. We are gaining and losing someone, someplace, or something. And we mourn all these losses. And the view from the head of the table is challenging as life unfolds with all of its beauty and all of its pains. The joy of first love, the cries of a newborn child, the tears shared while an elder breathes their last breath, the pain of broken relationships, and the joy of forgiveness and, and reconciliation. And our whole life is filled with these losses. And with every loss, <clears throat> there are choices to be made. And we can choose to live our losses as passages to more anger and blame and hatred and resentment. Or we can also choose with the grace of God and that spirit moving through us to let these losses be passages to something new, something wider, and something deeper, says now. And Rora, I've said this a few times, he says the task of adulthood <clears throat> is to stay, to, is to, rather to continue to live in hope and not become cynical. And on the mountaintop, while Jesus is praying, his face changes and his clothes become this dazzling white. And he's not alone. Moses and Elijah and Peter and James and John are with him as well. <clears throat> and it is a moment, a moment of pure 
glory and light. And Peter says, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Let us just stay here in this beauty forever. We like it. And wouldn't it be nice to sit at the card tables of our youth without any responsibilities or worries? But Jesus, at this very same moment, he is preparing his disciples for his final passage, says Nellon. And he is going to go to Jerusalem, and there he will suffer, and he will also die. But he also will pass from this world to the next, into more love, into more grace. And throughout scriptures, Jesus says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of the passages in life. Do not be afraid of the movements and the losses and the inevitable changes that we all face in life. And as now one profoundly writes, he says, the question is not how to avoid loss and how not to make it happen, but how to choose our losses as a passage, as an exodus to greater life and freedom. So how do we respond to change and to passages and movements? Do we take time to mourn and to grieve, as well as to move forward into greater understanding and maturity and love? And last summer, after my, my long walk on, on the Colorado Trail, after I finished that walk, uh, there were, it was, I was filled with this mixture of great joy, elation, and also a lot of grief over the passing of my mother. <clears throat> and so I drove to, to Wichita, Kansas. I hadn't been there for a couple of years to see my Aunt Kathy and my Uncle Ron again. And they don't live anymore in the two-story house on 1814 Jackson Street where they hosted these grand family dinners. And now they live in a small grandma apartment next to my cousin Shannon. And Aunt Kathy and Uncle Ron and myself and a couple of my cousins, we met for dinner. And we sat at a very small table. And we ate tacos and beans and rice for dinner. And I couldn't help but notice all the people who were absent from that family gathering. So many of the loved ones were physically absent from that table, but we laughed within the spirit of our saints while we told stories and we remembered. And it was a blessed night. And Jesus said, it is good for you. It is good for you that I leave. Because unless I pass away, I cannot send you my spirit to help you and to inspire you. And life is a continuous passage. And Alan says that it is possible for us, very much like Jesus, to send our spirit of love to our friends and family when we leave them. And I read that so many times, that when our loved ones pass on, they can send that spirit of love and beauty back to us. And in some ways, it, call it, I might call it incarnation, but we, we become them. Christ sends his spirit to us. And we breathe that love and that grace in and out. <clears throat> and our, our spirit, the love we leave behind, is deeply in God's spirit. And it is our greatest gift to those that we love, says Nellon. And when my aunt and uncle, along with my cousins, broke bread that night 
at that small table, we swam in the love of grandma and grandpa and relatives from yesterday. And we relished their spirits and the goodness that they shared with us. And the friends and the people and the loved ones sitting at our tables are always changing. But the spirit of love we share remains. And my prayer is that we may bask in that glory on that mountaintop. And that we may see our exodus when that day does come as a passage to more peace and more love.